humanity. After we overpopulated the earth, we sought to expand ourselves. In an effort to guarantee our survival, we sought to populate the stars. This was our, our only hope. Hope. It's what we named the ship, the Hope and the Groundbreaker. The first two vessels sent to other stars, not just any star, they were sent to Halcyon. The Groundbreaker did reach its destination, but the Hope did not. Everyone who arrived at Halcyon on the Groundbreaker believed the Hope to be lost, along with all of its passengers. In 2285, Captain William Hunt, the Hope, left Earth to begin its journey to Halcyon. Hundreds of thousands of colonists were put into stasis for what was planned to be a 10-year travel, and a small crew of 24 would stay awake to maintain and pilot the ship. But in 2294, only nine years later, there was a malfunction. The skip drive, a device that allows spaceships to fold the space-time continuum and leap through space rather than between it. After nine years of travel with the skip space drive, the Hope suffered a malfunction, rendering it no longer capable of faster than light travel. With no way to fix the skip drive, the Hope would have to complete its journey with only sublight engines, extending the travel time by an additional 26 years. With only a year's supply of rations left, the ship and its crew was fated to starve to death unless they could find a source of food. With the threat of starvation, the crew's relationships had begun to deteriorate. The first mate and wife of the captain unsuccessfully attempted to grow tomatoes aboard the ship to feed the crew. Around the same time, the ship's chief engineer would begin to feed himself by cannibalizing colonists he brought out of the stasis. He would eventually confess to the captain, hoping he would support a plan to feed the ship's crew by, by cannibalizing these colonists. But rather than support this engineer, the captain had locked him in the ship's brig for his crimes. Unbeknownst to the captain, this engineer's plan was gaining the support it needed from the members of the crew. The ship's medical officer, was an early supporter of this engineer's plan. He tried to convince the captain by telling him the plan made sense. The crew did the math and deduced that they would need to eat about 10,000 of the colonists if they were to survive 26 years before reaching Halcyon. This led to mutiny. With starvation worsening, the crew took increasingly brash actions 
some unknown supporter freed the engineer from the brig. Later, the first mate, desperate for food, ate a small piece of human flesh offered to her by this engineer. Fueled by starvation, she found the human meat was delicious. She also feared that as her starvation worsened, she would join the cannibals, or what they became to be known as. In her personal quarters, she decided to take her own life rather than be forced to choose between starvation or cannibalism. With the captain's authority being undermined and his first mate dead, the crew entered a state of open rebellion. In a bid to combat these cannibals from harming any remaining colonists, the captain locked down parts of the ship and sealed access to the hibernation storage base. Additionally, he sealed himself in the ship's bridge along with his navigator. Before the hibernation base had been locked, a custodian sought to hibernate himself alongside the colonists. He figured if the ship did reach Halcyon, he would be woken up. It didn't take long before the captain and his navigator could hear the engineers, the cannibalists, and hear their supporters start to use drills to open the sealed door to the hibernation storage. When the drills stopped, they feared it was because they had gotten in. When the captain left the bridge for the final confrontation with the cannibals, official records of the event begin to shift. There is no concrete record of what happened during the captain's and the cannibals' confrontation. It can be assumed that the captain killed many of the cannibals and then succumbed to starvation. This is due to there being no record of either the captain or the cannibals surviving. And because far few colonists were missing from the hope than the crew would have needed to eat to survive, it was believed that the captain's last wishes of defending the remaining sleepers was a dying wish that was granted. Ultimately, the entire crew would die either by killing each other or starvation. This meant the only people alive on the Hope were in stasis, and there was no one there to wake them up. Finally, using only their sublight drive, 2320, almost 30 years later, the Hope would finally reach its destination in Halcyon. The Halcyon Holdings corporate board discovered the ship as it was adrift. It floated into the system. The colonists that had been so much time in stasis aboard the Hope could no longer be safely revived. The Holdings board decided to hide the ship's discovery for fear of public outcry to help the colonists. They moved the Hope into the orbit of the ice planet Typhon, where they intended to abandon the derelict ship indefinitely. During this time, our hero, Phineas Wells, a scientist working for the board, learned about the fate of the Hope. Wells was frustrated that nothing had been done to save the colonists. He was confident that with research and experimentation, he could devise a way to safely revive all of the colonists. There were hundreds of thousands of them aboard the Hope. He sought consent from his superiors to begin the needed research on long-term hibernation revival but he was denied. Undeterred by this decision, he decided to begin researching on his own. 
without the board's knowledge or consent. He began to secretly remove hibernating colonists from the Hope and brought them to his lab to experiment on. When the board eventually found out, he was branded a murderer and a criminal. Despite this, Wells continued to research while evading the authorities. And finally, another 30 years later, he was eventually able to make a successful removal of the stranger's stasis pod from the Hope. This stranger is you. But with the board quickly closing in on Wells, it led him to eject the stranger to Terra 2, and he promised he would meet with them later. So, you're the only survivor of a ship that has been in drift for almost a hundred years. You don't know your name because of the deterioration effect of the stasis. You land on a planet and are told to meet somebody. Unfortunately, your drop pod landed on this somebody. And this is the beginning of the story of the Outer Worlds. The Stranger. After passing your colonist entrance exam, you were one of the thousand people selected to colonize Halcyon on the Hope. With the promise that 10 years of sleeping would feel like minutes, and you'd wake up in a perfect society designed to maximize productivity with guaranteed full employment with only the minor term of service. As you embarked on the Hope, the second colony ship bound for the Halcyon system, a skip drive malfunctioned, and you then slept for almost 50 years. You notice that you're quite skilled at brandishing a weapon. Phineas Wells mentions that the Hope was full of geniuses, engineers, and scientists. However, the aptitude selection implies that the stranger was not one of these people, or at least not formally. Despite all of the assurances of the board, of the promises that were made to the members of the stasis pod victims of the Hope, that they would exit to a perfect world, a perfect society, this was far from true. Life in the colony was very far from perfect, the main problem being slow and subtle starvation of the entire population due to the food being too low in nutrients. To counter this, the board commissioned their chief scientists to develop any means necessary, such as a powerful appetite suppressant derived from a local species called a raptodon. This suppressant was supposed to be used in the form of toothpaste and would allegedly allow to reduce the amount of resources that people consume, thus winning time from the scientists to devise a more permanent solution. To make matters worse, malnutrition caused a new disease, really more commonly known as a plague, to spread among the citizens of the Halcyon system. With the only food source within the town's walls as being a locally produced canned saltuna, the population started to develop symptoms of the plague. However, 
those who chose to leave the town became deserters, led by a woman named Adelaide. She found a way to grow crops on Teratu's soil, using ground-up human remains as fertilizer, and discovered a way to fight the disease. Alas, the animosity between this town and the deserters prevented the cure to spread among the town's population. Another problem for the board was their first failed colonization attempt of the planet Terra-1, now known as Monarch. With the terraforming process triggering uncontrolled mutations in the local flora and fauna, the board was forced to abandon the planet, leaving to a lawless and dangerous place. Only criminals and monsters dwelled there, and so it became known. The harsh red dot, known as Monarch in the night sky, was truly a living hell in the Halcyon system. But this is now the life that you live. You don't know who you are. You don't even know much about how you got to where you are. You know you floated sleeping through space for a few decades. And now you're here, in this unperfect world. Where do you fit in? In this perfect design of the cosmos and the balance of nature itself, how can the tide be shifted to humanity's favor? The home that we left, we left because we couldn't survive. And we find that this desire to survive is fleeting. Everyone and everywhere is fighting for their lives. Welcome to the Outer Worlds. Thank you for listening to this episode of Video Game Mythos, proudly provided to you by 13 Palm Trees Podcast Productions. Every day in our life, we think of how we would like things to be better. We think of ways to try to improve our day-to-day life, and stories like this really help us take a step back and learn to appreciate what we have right in front of us. It's so easy to take things for granted. This earth is beautiful and provides for our species currently, but let's try not to overgrow that. In the same regard and on a more personal level, Sometimes you might not be comfortable with where you're at because you're hungry for more. Because you feel like you need to get out there along the stars and explore what's there. But don't forget to explore what's right in front of you. Sometimes the shiny thing in the periphery can be overseen by what you're focusing on in front of you. Don't be afraid to take your eyes off the road and look around you occasionally. As long as you're not moving too fast, which you shouldn't be, you might find that there's something worthwhile that's been there all along. This life lesson is provided to you by The Outer Worlds. I want to thank you for listening to Video Game Mythos.